0: we are in a series called in the beginning and we are considering uh, the various motifs found in Genesis 1 through 11 that kind of establish uh, I would argue establish all the archetypes of existence uh, and I want to uh, I want to focus in over the next three weeks on chapter 2 and I want to focus in on three different themes and today I want us to consider um, the, the concept of home or belonging. Next week we will consider uh, the concept of work um, or purpose, and then the final week um, we'll consider the, the the necessity of community um, or uh, the the necessity of the other uh, in the in the coming together of Adam and Eve and um, in God's incredible statement: "It is not good that man be alone." Uh, but today I want us to consider the concept of home. Uh, and I want to begin with a quote from um, Frederick Buechner, one of my favorite writers, who um, passed away actually last year from a series of sermons he gave called "The Magnificent Defeat." And if we can get that first slide up, um, I love this this phrase. Uh, he says, "The kingdom of God is where our best dreams come from and our truest prayers." We glimpse it at those moments when we find ourselves being better than we are and wiser than we know We catch sight of it when at some moment of crisis a strength seems to come to us that is greater than our own strength The kingdom of God is where we belong. I want you to take note of that word. That's an important word It is home and whether we realize it or not. I think we are all of us homesick for it the desire to belong the desire to Have a place that we call home is a deep deep human desire Uh, One of the reasons uh, that I actually don't like this new movement uh, uh, it to Change our vocabulary in our modern context due to political correctness and a variety of other things is there's a there's been a shift from the word Homelessness to houseless and and I actually don't like it um, Because I actually think homeless is actually a far more appropriate word uh, because it speaks to multiple levels of the literal reality of not having a home over your head to the deep existential longing to belong to community to family um, to others and And I believe that that word, homelessness, is actually an important word that actually plays into a much deeper empathy and compassion than just simply houseless. Because I want to care about the longing at the heart of the individual to belong. Because ultimately, that's what we all want. We want to belong somewhere. We want to have a place that we call home and home is defined by a lot of different things But I think it's important when we look at the Genesis um, Creation story that there is this very fascinating interplay between the spiritual and the material there is a fascinating interplay between time and place or or what we would call uh, the material world that there is meant to be within the material world um, these realities given to us by which we can exercise what is going on internally or even spiritually and so the first thing that God does after he creates is that he creates a place within the world specifically for humanity he creates a home and that home is to be a place that becomes an expression of many realities, which is what I want us to talk about um, today. Now, I always want to recognize that home for many of us is kind of like having Father's Day or Mother's Day. It's a mixed bag. Holidays can be a mixed bag because of our own personal histories. Some of you uh, have, some of you may um, be here that are actually homeless, and I just want you to. To know that right now that you are a part of this family and I pray that this is at least a place in a, in a world of uncertainty that you feel like you belong and we want you to know that you do belong with us and we love you and we want to do all that we can to help you um, some of you have gone through so much moving your your life is so nomadic that the concept of home is a very difficult one and that was my reality I, I moved literally every single year of grade school i went to a different school every year so i never had the same friends i never had a sense of of space like my kids have grown up in essentially their whole lives in inner southeast portland Um, we've moved houses but we've stayed they've had the same friends they've had the same schools they've they've known i mean i love that both of my kids grew up with the same friends from kindergarten all the way to graduation Uh, that was not something that i ever experienced and so when i talk about home or belonging i'm not just talking about a physical space but i am talking about all that goes along with that word that longing to belong to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and i think in genesis chapter 2 verses 8 through 17 we're given um we're given a, a beautiful picture uh that carries with it many insights into what it means to have a home and that's what i want us to really consider today now i want to begin with this concept of home as a place of sanctuary Uh, now darcy and i are we love home and my wife more than me i'm like i still have within me that deep desire to be a little nomad like I think I can live anywhere that I go in the world I'm like I could live here I could totally live here um I, and I'm fascinated I love I have perpetual wanderlust before of Hope I never lived anywhere in my life longer than two years <laughs> so and we're going on 14. so the wanderlust has gotten pretty intense a few times over the years at of Hope um, but my wife has taught me what it means to truly recognize that home is one of the greatest gifts that one can have and she if anytime i'm like i'm gonna go to the uk for ministry you want to go with me she's like no no i don't i have no desire to go with you whatsoever and she's like if you could wish me there and i don't have to fly um i would go there uh, but yeah just that that the incredible ability to create a space a sanctuary that is that is all your own um, and I think that we begin to see the hints at that and even the desire for that here in the beginning of Genesis chapter 2 It says in verses 8 and 9. It says the Lord God planted an orchard in the east and it's, by the way. I'm using the NET um, Which they'll say garden but the garden Eden which the name means pleasure I think that's so beautiful that God created somewhere pleasurable for humanity to exist, and within that garden, he planted an orchard. Essentially, what he is creating is a space that can sustain human existence—not just sustain it, but allow human existence to flourish. Um, it, this is a gift. This is the creation of home, if you will. Um, it's the preparation of uh, for family. I I love that he gives a place, then he gives a purpose, and then he ultimately gives people uh, a family by which you can enjoy the place and the purpose. Um, And so here is this incredible picture of God plants an orchard in the east, in Eden. The word means pleasure. And there he placed the man he had formed. This is your home. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow from the soil, every tree that was pleasing to look at and good for food. I just want you to notice that. That God created not just for the sheer purpose of functionality, that it's just for the purpose of eating, but he actually makes it beautiful as well. That he takes enjoyment in the idea that something is worth enjoying just because it is. That. Beauty is a part of God's good design that God is the ultimate artist and as a creative he took great pleasure when he says it's good over creation he isn't just saying it's simply what I intended but I actually have enjoyed I enjoy what I have made Um, and that's a beautiful thing the ability that we have as image bearers of God to appreciate beauty is a profound um a profound reality that human beings have a unique ability to engage in it's the ability to abstractly see um see in the actual material world all sorts of meaning that we can't even actually put into words have you ever been to a place i mean i think that's essentially what uh um what uh, deja vu is is this Overwhelming sense that I've experienced there's something about this that I've experienced Something that I've seen and it can happen with smells. It can happen with sound um, But it definitely happens with surroundings Darcy and I just went away for our 26 year anniversary we went to Astoria and we stayed at this hotel. That's actually on the pier um, Which is a little scary because just next door was a restaurant that just the floor fell through into the water Um, and uh, um, And there was there were pylons that had come loose from the dock and they just smashed against the building all night um, and made the whole building shake and I heard people complaining about it But Darcy and I loved it because we're like it just I mean I felt like we were on the river and there were sea lions I mean there's sea lions. That's just cool even though they're insanely loud and they give you earplugs to wear so I mean, I'm I don't know if I'm selling this place well but um my point is is that they, there was just this overwhelming sense of we just like man we belong here my wife's like she just loves to sit and look at the water that's her that is her sacred space outside of home if she could just be somewhere where she could just look at the water but that sense that that there's something about it it's it it creates even even the material world God's care for making something beautiful um, is all a part of making us cr- creates that that deep desire as in this quote um, that that initial quote a homesickness I believe it creates the longing that is based upon that verse in Ecclesiastes that God has placed eternity in the hearts of man that there is a longing for home a longing to belong and we sense that and it's such a strange dichotomy as as human beings image bearers of God in a fallen world because we see the fingerprints of God all over the world and yet at the same time we also have this overwhelming sense that it isn't quite what it ought to be Um, don't you have that sense today I woke up and I opened up the news and what's the first headline on the news in case you were wondering if I was going to say something about it the first headline is that there's a war basically breaking out in Israel right now. That on Saturday over, or yeah, Saturday morning, yesterday morning, 600 now uh, Israelis have been have been killed, um, and they keep finding more. And there's a bunch that are kidnapped, and it and it was indiscriminate, and it's civilians. And of course, there's been retaliation. So there's already been 20 Palestinian children killed. And there is going to be a full-blown war and it is significant Um, And before we close today, we're going to pray for peace in that region of the world It's interesting that that region has always seemed to be a unique hotbed Um, as Christians uh, Our whole origin story is wrapped up in Basically a battle over that piece of land Um, And I think that that is not insignificant and we also need to remember that as Christians that we know the end of the story, and Jesus said before the story ends, good, it's going to get harder first. And I think that this is part of that reality of this world. I can sit in this place that's so beautiful and be so overwhelmed with this, this, this gratitude that of, at the gift of life, and at the same time somewhere else in the world, it's truly functioning not like God intended it. Uh, That it's a place of violence, that it's a place of death, and a place of destruction. Uh, And that is something that we have to deal with, but it also shows that the meaning of home takes on a different meaning um, after the fall, because home becomes a place of safety um, uh, for us, um, and even a place of respite from the insanity of the world, um, which is why I think home is a deep and natural longing of the human heart. I want us to think about this as as a place of sanctuary, because here God places this garden, and He says that there are trees that are that are pleasant to look at and good for food. And He says, now the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil were in the middle of the orchard. And there's, you just put a little pin in that. We're going to come to that in just a minute. But when we think about the place, at home as a place of sanctuary, I think about it as that. The home should be a place that is both marked by beauty um, and by nourishment. A place where the body, the life is refreshed. Um, but it's also a place that should be marked by beauty. And I just want you to know, I'm going to talk about the reality of like just home in general. But that, there, that every motif found in, um, in the opening of Genesis has multiple layers of meaning because as we will consider at the close, that we ourselves become the very dwelling place of God. And so the motif of beauty and nourishment is meant to be played out in even what we become a reflection of as the very carriers of the, of the Spirit of Christ, His Holy Spirit within us to a world that is homesick. That we are actually signposts that point people toward this beauty that is coming in full and is already here in part. This is why the church is a kingdom outpost. We should be an expression to the world of what they can put their hope in and we ourselves are looking forward with hope to the ultimate fulfillment of real, of of perfect beauty. Beauty without without war. Nourishment without famine. Um, But right now, The best we can do is be an outpost of that reality and trust that god is good and he will fulfill his word but when you think about the home as a place of beauty and nourishment what do you what do you think of because i think this even speaks on a practical level to our call as christians what did it say about the early church it says that they gathered daily from in the temple which is what we're doing right now the very public place of worship and from house to house So the early church, just in case you're thinking your schedule is way too full, and you barely have time to get here on Sunday, and it's super hard, and you only make it once, you know, a month um, because you had kids, and we know for sure that no generation before this has ever been able to figure out how to manage having children and getting to a place. That's never, it's always been a massive enigma. No it isn't. It's not true. Um, and yes, if you're like that's not fair, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but think about this: this this deep this deep desire for us to be a reflection of the gospel is that we have to move beyond this idea that church is just something that we go to for an hour um, and then we go back about our business. No, if it's to be a reflection of home, the eternal dwelling place, then it should function like a family. That, and we have to that means we have to make time for it and we've considered time for two weeks, so Time when we create space we need a space or a place to exercise the holiness of that moment and Home is a place where beauty and nourishment should should be accomplished and my prayer is that that happens at church But then I want it to be a thing that happens within our homes in other words our home should be merely an extension of our community of faith that is that there should be something about your space that is a place that as jesus says come to me all you who are weary and i will give you rest if that is the heartbeat of jesus and jesus dwells within us then that should be what we are working to reflect in every arena of our lives that our homes should be a reflection of the jesus who says come in and And find rest for yourself come in and feel my peace come in and be a part of my family Um, in other words our homes to be marked by beauty and nourishment means they need to be homes of hospitality and I think that God himself is creating a space that is is a place for human beings to flourish to find to both um, rest in beauty just for the sake of it being beautiful. Um, But beyond that, it also practically is the place by which they are nourished. Um, And this is why for us, a meal isn't just feeding the body. A meal is a sacred event by which we can actually, truly become, because all of this, the next three weeks are all moving toward the third week, which is, all of it is for the purpose of family. Because everything comes down to love of God, love of neighbor. But I want us to think of that. Your home should be a place that, that the beauty of God's presence, it doesn't mean it needs to be fancy. It doesn't mean that it, like you're like my space, you don't know, I live in a little apartment. It's amazing what we can do uh, with a space, especially when we actually consider everything is sacred in life. How does your home reflect your relationship with Jesus? Have you even considered a question like that? I think it's a worthwhile question to ask. Um, and so I want you to know, I'm talking about both literally your houses, is your house a reflection of what's going on in your soul? And, and some of you might say, yes, it's chaotic because that's what my soul is. Um, and I just want you to know that that's okay. God's mercies are new every day, but every day before us as children of God, we have a choice. And we can either choose to surrender our chaos to the calm, the calming reality of Jesus, or we can continue to pretend like we're not children of God and continue in chaos. Um, But God's mercies remain an immovable reality available to us. And I think this is also one of the reasons why we desperately need one another. I have been in homes where people have had nothing. I've been in places like India where, and I have been deeply moved by the sheer extravagance of the humble, generous spirits who love Jesus, who somehow made their clay floors seem like a place of sanctuary, so don 't think that while I live in poverty, I grew up in poverty, we, can, we still have the ability to be a reflection of peace and beauty, um, and we still even what little we have can find nourishment because nourishment is always available and beauty is always available when love rules the home. And I just want you to know that. So I'm not talking about cleanliness is next to godliness although it's not that wrong. After being in my dad's place I'm like I mean it's something. It's something. Two packs of cigarettes a day with all the windows closed is not Sanctuary in my mind. Um, Maybe in, you know, I think of a few authors like Charles Bukowski, maybe thought that, but for most people that is not the reality. And if you don't know who he is, you should probably keep it that way. Um, What about home as a place, not only a sanctuary, but a place of life? Look what it says in verses 10 through 14. It says, Now a river flows from Eden to water the orchard. And from there it divides into four head streams. The name of the first is Pishon. It runs through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is pure pearls and lapis lazuli. I don't know if you say that. Lazuli (laughs) The name of the second river is Gion. It runs through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates uh the point of that text there are a million strange commentaries trying to find symbolism in each element of each river Um, but i think the point of this is that out of eden out of the home that god has given to humanity a home that was meant to be a place of enjoyment not only of other humans together family but is other humans together enjoying god together that it becomes a source of life for the whole surrounding area. The point of the rivers flowing from is that this Eden is the center of God's created, um, his creation narrative. And it's the place where the center of his creation, human beings who are God breathed and are called to be um, image bearers of God, partners with him, um, actually caring for um, and ruling over the world as, as literally the, the hands and feet of God Himself. That Eden is a place where it is the home base, and it is from that home that life actually extends outward into the surrounding world. The picture of the river, there's a river that flows in the New Jerusalem, uh, and the new heavens and new earth, and it is always a picture of life. Jesus says, if you knew the one who, um, who asked for a drink of water to the woman at the well, you would ask and he would, give you, um, he would give you water from which you will never thirst again. The picture of water is a picture often of the Holy Spirit, and it is a picture both of refreshing and of blessing. And I want us to think about this is that is your, when you think about your home, uh, and you think about this, even this, this imagery here in Genesis, is that your home, a space where you and your family and those that come into your home can be refreshed, where they can find rest, respite. But more than that, the refreshing, think about this. What is the purpose of, of home? So home is place, I love Chesterton said that the home is the one place where, where man has the right to be a true anarchist. Because it's the only place that it's acceptable for you to run around in your underwear. And it's not illegal, unless you live in Portland. Then you can just be naked wherever. But, you know, unless you, you can't force it on anyone, though. But I don't really understand that statement. Because if you're naked in front of me, I have been forced. Um, unless I'm blind (laughs) so um, but whatever we're not here to criticize the law because it all makes so much sense Um, but we are here to think about the idea of home as a place of refreshing it's a place where I can go in and I can truly be myself it's a place where I get rest I literally go to sleep it's the place where my bed is and I can and, and the pillows that I like, even when I go to a hotel, it's just never quite the same as sleeping in my own bed, being in my own home. But what's the purpose of being refreshed? Sleeping is only good if it's allowing you to be energized so that you can be useful. <laughs> I've been in a depression before where sleeping was not that helpful and it was a means of escaping time. Um, so some of you know that. But, the real purpose of coming into your home and eating a meal and being with your family and being refreshed is so that you can once again enter into the tyranny of the world and be a source of refreshment or blessing to the world outside. So if the home is not a place of blessing, it can really be challenging uh, for, us, for us to be a blessing outside because we need our, our very existence is dependent upon a space where we can find refreshing. And some of you, that might be literally just coming to church uh, because home is ultimately home because of who's there. It's not a place where we go and hide from the world. It's a place where we should be going and being refreshed so that we can be of service to the world. And I think that's a really important thing. And I love that the imagery of the rivers coming out of Eden shows us that the the center of where human beings were meant to live in harmony with God and the rest of creation was was also the the lifeline or the source of life um, for the surrounding lands. And I think that that is a picture that should play deeply into our understanding of what it means to be Christians, um, is that home is a place where we are where we become re-centered on Christ. That's why I think we should think of this as a type of home. The best language for me, when I think about um, what is it, what should Door of Hope's liturgy be like? The only word I'm really interested in is, is it familial? Um, Our liturgy should make it feel, should push us deeper and deeper into an understanding of family or a place of belonging. Um, that's my interest. I'm not, I don't really care about high liturgy, low liturgy and let's face it, door of hopes. We're a motley crew. We're a little bit on the, on the lowbrow liturgy. All I care about is, is a place where you can let your hair down and be yourself? (laughs) Literally, I mean, it's okay. You can wear your hair, however you want. I'm wearing a hat. I know it's offensive to some, um, but it's a place where you should be able to be at home. Um, and it's a place where you come home to meet the King who says, I will make a home within you um, to be reminded of that reality. But I believe that that should play into our lives throughout the week, that our home is a place of refreshing and, and so that we can be a blessing outside of it. Um, and I think that that's an important and practical, I don't, I realized as I was preparing this message, I haven't thought that deeply about the significance of home other than I really like the word. And i like and i love my home but when i actually started thinking about while the reasons why i love it it's like i'm like oh my wife understands it because she is the center we always joke that she's the center of the universe for me and the kids everything sort of rotates around miss darcy um, who is the ultimate homemaker like she is she is a woman who creates sanctuary and any any one of you who've ever been to our house and been inside and sat with darcy you know what i'm talking about she just creates a their chaos is not a word that you would ever apply to the interior of our home um, Except when Hattie had her 16th birthday party downstairs so that was not our fault um, That's just the ter- terrifying reality of way too many 16 year olds being together at one time Which like Babel, um, if I could have been God I would have confused their language and sent them on their way Um <laughs> <laughs> Is your place a place of refreshing and is it is it is it a place that allows you now to enter into the world to be a blessing it's a beautiful thing finally in Genesis chapter 2 verses 15 through 17 says the Lord God took the man and placed him in the orchard in Eden to care for it and to maintain it next week we'll consider work and, and why we need purpose why it's not only not good for man to be alone But it's also not good for man to try to be still either um, other than a time for re- Refreshing you work for six days so that you can enjoy the Sabbath on the seventh. There is no Sabbath enjoyment without the six days of work uh, Which is I know many people are like I just want a perpetual Sabbath Well, you kind of have that in Jesus, but that does not negate work um, but this what I want you to notice is this, is that home is also a place of boundaries. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the orchard, needing to take care of it and maintain it. Then the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat fruit from every tree of the orchard, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will surely die. Um, And I think that there is a, we can get into that when we get into the fall, um, but there, there is an interesting play on words here. Um, the question of, of uh, is this the, um, uh, were, they, were they immortal before, uh, before they ate of the fruit? Um, I think that the main point is that sin leads to death. There, there's a spiritual death that happens when, when sin, which we will consider in great detail, um, when we get into chapter three. But what I want you to see here is that, that humanity, the first parents are placed in this, this home. And the command, it's the first time the word command is used. Uh, and that command, command that man, you may freely eat from every tree of the orchard. There's permission, eat as much as you want. Eat as much as you want from all these trees but in the center of the garden is a choice and that choice is an interesting one and and um and God recognizes here's the thing love real love and real relationship cannot exist without freedom and without and and people are like do you believe in free will I believe in the bondage of the will Um, and I think that that's a very complex and nuanced question. I think people are silly when they try to say there's either free will or there's determinism. That is not the only two possibilities. Just like I think it's silly when someone says you're either a Calvinist or an Arminian. Wrong. I think that's dumb. Most of Christian history is not one or the other, but you're First of all, most Christians just haven't even thought through those issues in in any sort of depth and probably sit somewhere in the middle because God seems to be sovereign and man seems to be responsible on some level. So, hey, why are we trying to figure God out? If we could figure him out, he wouldn't be God. My point here is this. Yes, sin has caused an impossibility for human existence, which is we are incapable of reaching God in our own effort. So, if you're asking me about free will, I would say, you are not free to find God in your own strength. In fact, you're a slave to sin, dead and blind, until Jesus regenerates you. Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him. But however, the Son of Man said this, whoever the Son of Man sets free shall be free indeed. And there is a thing called Christian liberty. And that Christian freedom is something that Paul takes great time explaining, as well as Peter, as well as Jesus. And this is the concept, is that once Jesus sets you free, then you are immediately confronted with the possibility of making a disaster of that freedom. You are now in a covenant. There is a choice. You can either choose to live by the rules by which that freedom can be most fully recognized, or you can misuse that freedom and, and experience the consequences of that when you think about a home when you think about your home think about an actual house if I gave everyone in my neighborhood a key to my house would that be wise You're like, well, it depends on what kind. No, no, it's just a basic question I'm not really this it's a silly example But the fact is is that we don't know everyone and even people we think we know sometimes we don't know I had a roommate who robbed me and my other roommates blind and he was in my band So you don't know people your husband your wife could be an absolute thief. No, I'm just joking (laughs) You just don't even know what you're living with really (laughs) <laughs> but think about this though what would it do if if i gave everyone in the city a key to my house what would my house become unsafe it would be called unsafe because part of the safety of a home is the ability to actually keep out things that are not desirable like thieves or like someone that would cause you harm or even wild animals when we didn't have windows in our house while we were remodeling an owl flew down our staircase and landed. And now I've read that that's a bad omen and I'm still trying to figure out what that means. If there had been a window, the omen would not have come. But now I will be forever haunted by the possibility that that means that I'm going to (laughs) die. And what's challenging about that is that I'm going to die no matter what and now we'll never know if it was because of the owl. very complicated situation (laughs) I just confused myself in saying that (laughs) but the fact is is that freedom the freedom that we enjoy within the home is because we play by the rules required to have the home if you don't make your payments on your home the bank can ultimately take it away from you Uh, if you don't play by the rules if you if you, if you leave, oh, there's all sorts of things that you can do that all of a sudden can make your home not really a home, not really what a home is intended to be. It is a place of freedom, but that freedom is, um, is what produces and creates responsibilities. And the responsibilities of maintaining the home um, is that you play within the boundaries that establish that it actually allows it to have the title of home. Um, and so I think about I've seen people blow up their homes all the time by not playing within the boundary relational boundaries of those that lived in the home I've seen the consequences of of thinking that we can of people that thought they could do whatever they wanted and then lose their sense of home there is a reason and a purpose for home but when we play outside of those boundaries then we lose sight of what it actually means to belong and i think that this is an important thing for us to understand is that god isn't trying to it's not he's not trying to set adam up for failure he's trying to create the space the freedom for real relationship but in order for there to be real relationship there needs to be covenantal commitment and that covenantal um, commitment means that there are boundaries in order for the home to maintain stay at home and we see what happens when those boundaries those boundaries are crossed in chapter 3 and what happens they lose their home they're expelled from their home Um, and it's a heartbreaking thing because many of us find ourselves and this is where I want us to close um, is this idea that we can expel ourselves on a spiritual level from home all the time but the good news about the gospel is that the prodigal son he he expelled himself I'm gonna take everything that's mine I'm gonna go spend it somewhere and he ends up running out of money and running out of resources and he's living without a home and he's living with the pigs and he's he's barely surviving and then all of a sudden it strikes him I just should probably go back home and the whole purpose of the parable is not that the home itself is the sanctuary no the home is a sanctuary because of the grace of of the father who lives there. And he says, I will arise, not and go home, I will arise and go to my father. But you see, there's a home, a place, where that familial relationship exists. It's the only reason it is a home. And when he returns to the home, before he even gets to the house, the father runs out to meet him. And he is already putting his robe upon him. And he is already in his mind as he runs to his boy, preparing a feast for him to partake in. The invitation for us when we expel ourselves from the house of God by choosing to go and live out in the world and do whatever we want and think that we can buy into the lies of a society that says just be yourself just live for yourself that's where your satisfaction is this is why so many people and let me just tell you you don't have to be homeless to be homeless because I know plenty of people that have homes over their heads and more money than they know what to do with and they feel like absolute absolute exiles because they are so emotionally and spiritually exiled from what actually makes life worth living, which is relationships. And I just want to remind you today that God is consistently inviting us to come home. And what makes home home, what makes heaven heaven, is Jesus at the center of it. And what makes our homes home right now, because I know if my wife and my kids weren't there, we're we're already getting ready to be empty nesters. i'm so grateful for the relationship that i have with darcy but it already feels like this home is more than we need if our kids aren't here because what the reason that we have this space is what makes it special is that it's a place where we as a family have loved each other and entered into each other's suffering and have been sources of refreshing for one another this is why why um moody when he wrote his little book on heaven he said my family home was this sanctuary for me all my life after my mom died the home felt like nothing it didn't feel like home anymore to me because I realized it was never the building it was the people that lived there and once they were gone now my longing is on heaven which used to be in my mind an empty city until my loved ones died and now it's full and the in the home that I long to be in and I think that this is important for us to understand is that home is a place by which we should be loved and by which we become, learn to become conduits of love, by which we discover forgiveness again and again and by which we offer forgiveness again and again. A home is a place where we're refreshed so that we can be poured out in the world outside of our home. And this is why Jesus says this in closing. In John 14 too, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. Listen, whatever your home situation is, I want you to know that there is a home that actually allows you to be at home wherever you're at and that home is Jesus. And he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he wants us to invite him in he says whoever opens for me this is not that is not a verse it's often used for evangelism behold I say at the door and knock whoever opens i will come in and dine with him and he with me that is a that is a passage by which jesus is speaking to the church and it's a beautiful evangelistic passage but that's actually not the primary purpose of it the primary purpose of it is that we can be the very dwelling place of christ himself the home of jesus and then push him out of his own house and he is a gentleman He knocks, and he doesn't stop knocking. And the question is, is will we let him in? Again and again, will we let him in? The other side of that metaphor is, will we return to the heart of the Father? Will we go home to him? Jesus has prepared a place for us, but here's the thing. Yes, there is a future reality by which all of the woes, home as a place of protecting us from the outside world, will no longer be a concept necessary. Home will not be a refuge from evil any longer. Um, Home will just be a place of pure and total blessing where sin is not reality. But even now, we can enjoy home as we await home. For Jesus said in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him, her, her. And we will come to them and make our home what within them we'll make our home within them that you can be the very dwelling place of god that you as a person can be a a literally a center of beauty and nourishment of refreshing and blessing of freedom and responsibility that you are a person who has discovered that my freedom is down in the boundaries of knowing and living with Jesus that my responsibility is to be a source of life as I rest in the one who is my refreshing and who is the source of all blessing that Jesus is the one as I make my home within him and he within me that turns me into literally a walking sanctuary by which people can experience the beauty of Christ and the nourishment of his presence working in and through you in spite of you that is the beauty of the gospel do you know what it means to have a home and do you understand what it means to be the home yourself of the living god i pray that you would pray that in in this time amen